0: Good morning, good morning. So um, yeah, worship this morning had me bawling, crying. So if my makeup looks streaky, it's all Julian's fault, and Brianna. Um, Hi guys, it's such an honor to be here with you guys this morning. I absolutely uh, love, love, love this place. Um, It's home. Um, I've been here for about 10 years now. And I have not yet been under someone's leadership whose character or integrity was different than what you see up here. Um, And that's a gift and an honor. And so I just want to just throw throw that out there that we are very, very blessed um, to be a part of this community. Um, It's crazy amazing. Um, And I was talking to Leanne this morning. We have kids that are around the same age. My three-year-old, he just turned three, went to preschool It's a little out. Went to preschool for the first time today. He's been in toddlers, and I dropped him off in preschool, and, like, all of his friends are in there. There's, like, six kids that are all the same age, and it was just this moment, this revelation that I had while I was talking to her this morning where it's like, man, if there's no better reason than to be planted in the house of the Lord than it is to watch your children create long, lifelong friendships. Like these kids are gonna grow up together. They're gonna do ministry together. They're gonna serve in the house of the Lord together. And that in itself is enough to get planted um, in the house of the Lord. And so just excited about that. Uh, so yeah, we will, I say hi to my husband. He's watching online cause he's not here today. So hi babe, um, hurry home. Cause kids, um, whew. Uh, no, they're great. They're great. Um, so we'll jump in this morning and go ahead and get started. So, uh, we, the last few months we've been talking about, um, uh, made for this and that we are in a season of seven years of favor. Uh, the favor, uh, or seven years of harvest, seven years of favor. There's a harvest and it's a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of souls and a harvest of increase. And Pastor Julian and, and, uh, Uh, Other pastors have gotten up here, and they've been talking about what that looks like and what that means. And so today, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into a harvest and the fact that we are being made for what God has called us for, or what God has in store for us. So the title of today's message is, I Ain't Got One. (laughs) I had like rolled a few of them around in my head and I was like man this doesn't sound right that doesn't really fit what I'm saying so this is a uh, C Y O T. create your own title have fun <laughs> uh but while reading uh I was reading my bible one day and I was just studying the word of the Lord and um I was reading in Mark chapter 4 where it was talking about the parable of the sower um, of the seed uh, the parable of the seed. And in there, it talks about the four different types of like soil and the last soil. And it's like the seed is the word of God that is planted in our hearts. And with healthy soil, or the, the, when it takes root, you bear fruit, um, you, you produce a harvest. And I was like, man, you produce a crop. And I was like, man, we are the Lord's harvest. The Lord is planting his seed. Every week that you guys show up, every week that we're here, the Lord is planting his word into our hearts. And we have the opportunity to produce a crop for the Lord. We are his harvest. And so how do we get to this place where we're able to produce a crop? So we're going to jump in um, into the word. And, and to harvest means simply to, correct a, a, to collect a crop. Um, you know, we've, we've heard over the last few months or whatever that you can only collect a crop that you've planted. So you can only harvest what you've planted so we know that you can't plant an apple seed and expect an orange or you can but when you get an apple you're going to be incredibly disappointed and so there is a confidence that comes with sowing seed right it's this it's a natural principle and it's a spiritual principle whatever you put in the ground is going to produce a harvest a crop so while planting the seed uh, you get to experience a harvest, the soil that you plant in actually makes all the difference in what is actually produced. So you can sow seeds of hard work, of like determination, but if you sow it in janky soil, you're going to produce increase maybe, but it's going to reek of entitlement, selfishness, greed. So planting in good soil is necessary. It's, just, it's even more necessary than just planting to produce a good good crop or a good harvest. So we'll jump into Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 3. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus said to them, He goes, to explain it, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. That seed fell on the footpath, the seed fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So the the word of God is the seed. What's preached to us every week, what we're taking in every week, that's the seed. What God speaks to us in our time with him, that's the seed. What we read when we open our Bible and study his word, that is a seed. So in studying this, I kind of like dug into the plant world. Like I'm not a plant expert at all, but it was really, really cool Um, Because there was so much correlation. And, like, I can't keep anything alive. I literally cannot keep anything alive. I've tried to have three plants, and they've all died. I'm good at keeping kids alive, but that's because they can talk. Like, they can communicate. So, like, we're good there. Um, But based on our text here, there are four types of soil or heart conditions. And in the plant world, when I was reading, there are three different types of unhealthy soil. I was like, oh, isn't this great? So we're going to talk about what those three types of unhealthy healthy soil are. The first one is what the Bible calls the uh, hardened heart, the seeds that fell along the path and Satan came and took them away. These seeds didn't even have a chance to penetrate the ground. So in the farming world, this would be considered, or in the plant world, it would be considered compact soil, compacted soil. And so uh, I live in South LA, great, great home. Um, We have a front yard. Most of it is fake grass, um, which is great because I don't have to keep it alive. (laughs) Uh, And then we got like this little rectangle patch of real dirt and grass. So I was like, oh my gosh, I get to have my garden. This is going to be so great. So I go, we go to Home Depot and we buy a bunch of like little plants that we can like plant in the ground, go home, plant them in the ground. Within two days, guys, these plants were dead, like dead, dead. I'm like, dang. What? So then my husband goes and he digs in a little bit more. He's like, babe, this soil is like rock. Uh-huh. It's compacted soil. Great. Uh, so compacted soil, the, the way that soil gets compacted is by, uh, in, in just regular life, um, daily trampling, consistent trampling. It's being pushed down and pushed down and pushed down and pushed down. So much like the hardened heart. When we look at someone who has a hardened heart, this is someone who has, their, has had their life steamrolled. It's just a steamroller going over their life, most of their life. When I think about someone with a hardened heart, I think about uh, my grandmother. You know, you think about someone who—it's just a, hev- a constant heavy load. My grandmother is in her 90s. Grew up during sed- segregation. Tells stories of severe racism and things like that. Um, my grandfather got sick, got prostate cancer gave his life to the Lord, and then died. And then some years later, my aunt, her daughter, passed away. My dad, who was her son, uh, got addicted to drugs at the age of nine and has been battling that addiction his entire life. When you think about a compacted soil, a steamrolling, this woman has experienced a steamroller over her life. And her heart has become dull and numb to what God is doing and to who he is. A lot of times when we think of someone with a hardened heart or we hear this and it's like, oh, the seeds fell on rocky ground, we immediately think of someone who just hates Jesus or like doesn't believe in God. And while that can be true, I think uh, it's more common that it's the person who has become dull. The word of God says in Matthew 13, 15, it describes a hardened heart as a heart that has grown dull. This is the person who suffers in silence, who shares none of their burdens, who believes their life is their own man. I've got to create my own destiny. I'm out here on my own, I'm doing it on my own. God's not with me, God's not for me. There is a numbness to the love, the compassion, the generosity, the grace, the goodness of God. We consider this heart, so yeah, so we consider this heart condition to be those who hate God, but, the, but this heart condition is something that a lot of us have been comment, have, been, have, have had, or we know of someone who has experienced this heart condition. The second one is the feelings-driven heart. So it's those who receive it with joy but disappear as soon as problems hit. This is the person who has all the feels but no substance. Been here. Been here, done this one. It's you come to church, message is really good. Man, that was just for me. You raise your hand, you receive the Lord, you go home, and on your way home, you run out of gas. And then in a few days, your boss is really tripping, and you got to find a new job. And then you have family problems. You got this happening. You got that happening. And everything is based on emotion. God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's word. It's all based on how you feel in the moment, not on the truth of who he is. There's no substance. There's no meatiness to your faith. So what is this related to in the, in the plant world? This is called dry soil. Dry soil is a result of a lack of moisture. John 4.14 says, But whoever drinks the water that I will give him shall never thirst. When our lives are based on how we feel, the ebbs and flows, the highs and the lows, and our circumstances, we often come up parched or thirsty. And so then we wait until we're thirsty enough to get back into the house of God, and the cycle continues until we're dehydrated, uh, 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 living like that parched life, and then we go back, and it's this cycle that we're in. When everything, including our faith, is based on how we feel at any given moment, we lack the substance needed to produce a crop. We got dry soil. The third one... (laughs) This is my favorite one. It's the one where I find that I live the most. It's the choked out heart. This is the heart that God's word penetrates, begins to grow, but the cares of the world start to choke out the word and interferes with good fruit being produced. In the planting world, this would be soil that would be considered poor or slow growth. Uh, Years ago, probably before I met my husband, so I met my husband in 2015, so probably like 20, no, 2016, so 2015, um, I remember the Lord telling me that he was going to restore my, like 2013, Lord telling me he was going to restore my family. I was a single mom for 20 years, had three children, never been married, um, dreamt of getting married, y'all. It was like... I just want to get married. I want to to have a baby in my marriage. I want to know what it feels like to have a child in the covenant of marriage. All of these things. This was the dream. I was begging God for this. And then God does it. God blesses me with a husband. Get married in June of 2019. Get pregnant in June of 2019. That was not... We, I wanted, I wanted a baby under the covenant marriage, just not that fast. It was great. Uh, it was hard. Um, all of the shame, all of the uh, um, like pain from being a single mom, having children, not being married, the experiences through that just rose up, and so I wasn't even able to enjoy the fact that God had answered my prayer. My shame, my fear, those things, those thorns were choking out the word of God that he had spoken in my heart about restoring my family. Move on, baby is born March uh, 5th of 2020. World shuts down March 9th of 2020. (laughs) I have a new baby, a new marriage and a pandemic. I am struggling. My husband and I are fighting consistently. We finally get into marriage therapy, which was a godsend, uh, and I just remember it was such a hard time to believe that there was anything good in that. The crazy thing is, on the outside looking in, we looked like we were producing fruit. We looked like we were happy and thriving and things were doing well. But. My heart was being choked, the word that that God had planted in my heart was being choked out because of those thorns. It looked like I was producing fruit, but I was dying from the inside out. And eventually, without proper care, I would have destroyed every good thing that God had planted in me. God, crazy thing, plants these seeds knowing that those thorns are there. Right, he knows, that the thorn, he knows that the shame is there. He knows that the doubt is there, the insecurity, the fear. It's the moments where I allowed his word to be checked out were the moments where I believed I knew better than God. Or I disagreed with him. I have found myself disagreeing with God more often than not. It's those moments where I forget what he's done, the trust that he's already established with me, the word gets choked out when we forget what God has said and what God has done. Even over, you guys, over the last few weeks, I love being a mom. I actually have a tagline that says my favorite name is mom. I'm actually working on a book that says my favorite name is mom. And now that I said it publicly, I probably need to finish it. It's great. <laughs> Woo, awesome. Um, but like literally, I love motherhood. I love watching my children grow and thrive and discover who they are. Um, I just have a very different perspective of motherhood. So I don't believe that motherhood is something that I do. I believe that it's who I am. I believe that it's the way that I'm gifted and the way that I'm called. So then the gifting is not just applied to my natural children, it's how I live in the world. I believe that the gift of motherhood is we nurture, we see the best in people, we love hard, we correct, we inspire. So the same way that I interact with my children is how I interact with everyone. Because it's not, I'm not just a mother to my children. I'm a mother. Y'all, the last few weeks, my conversation with the Lord is, has been, how come my gift is being a mom? How come I can't do great things? How come I can't? I am in disagreement with God about the impact and the power of the gift that he's given me I'm allowing for with insecurity and doubt and whatever else, allowing that word that God has put down in me that motherhood is not about what you do but it's who you are and it actually is the most impactful thing that we could do How, I, I'm allowing that word to be choked out of me because of the thorns that are growing in me The interesting thing is, you guys, when I read this, I was like, whoa, unhealthy soil, like the natural soil, the brown stuff, takes at least 100 years to regenerate. It takes 100 to 500 years to regenerate just an inch of topsoil. So the idea that I come into the house of God, I raise my hand, I receive the Lord, I read my Bible for a month, and all of a sudden my heart is healthy and I've got healthy soil is insane. This is a lifelong process that we are undergoing. So even as we're hearing about these three different types of unhealthy soil, the the truth is, is that even the most, the longest believer will find themselves in one of these spaces at some point in time within their walk with Jesus. So then, what is healthy soil? The healthy heart. You hear God's word, you receive it, and you produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. This is the heart that receives God's unfailing love and lives a life of abundant love. You know you're loved. You know that God loves you. So then it's easy to love those who seem hard to love. You know that you've been loved. So you carry that love with you everywhere that you go. This is the one who receives peace that surpasses understanding and you bring peace into every space you walk into you're producing a crop of peace. The one who lives in the truth of the joy of the Lord is their strength, and others can't help to experience joy when they're in the same room with you. This is the heart that experiences disappointment, pain, and frustration, but is not crushed, driven to despair, or destroyed but remains hopeful and full of wonder, knowing that they will see the glory of God. A healthy heart is one who can endure healthy soil, who can endure tumultuous storms, and they're still able to produce a crop. So now, how do we cultivate, uh, how do we cultivate healthy soil? That's the question, right? It's Awesome. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I will heal their soil. I will heal their hearts. So the first one, we humble ourselves. Ooh, that's fun. We gotta get honest about where we are. We gotta take inventory of our hearts and have an honest view about where we are. Is it a dull heart? Have you come, become numb to the goodness of God, to the truth of Jesus? Are you controlling your own destiny or you think you're controlling your own destiny? Is it a feelings heart? There's no substance, there's no reliance on the Lord, it's just going through the cycles, going through the emotions of, man, this feels good. This doesn't feel good. I'm out. This feels good. I'm in. This doesn't feel good. I'm out. Or is it the choked out heart? Where we've forgotten what God has said and done. Where we are showing up week after week after week. We're reading our Bibles. We're praying. We're doing all of the things. But anytime time a thorn presents itself, We forget what God has said and what he has done. We quit, we give up, we walk away. Where are we? Humility is a gift. It is a gift from the Lord. Humbling ourselves allows the Lord to do the things that only God can do. You wanna expedite the topsoil regeneration? Get humble number 2 seek god repent and allow god to heal your heart and your soil i was thinking about this word repentance man it's such a beautiful word our sidewalk prophets out in the world have tainted it a little bit where it's like repent now or go to hell truth is you could be well on your way to heaven and you need to repent repentance is not a like that's not it's not salvation salvation is, 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 repentance is literally this, shame, I'm walking towards shame, I'm walking towards insecurity, I'm walking towards doubt. Oh, wait, let me turn around. Let me walk towards the goodness of God. Let me walk towards his forgiveness. Let me walk towards his promises. That's what repentance is simply turning around, turning away from. Do you know how beautiful it is that we get to turn away from something? We get to repent, we get to make a decision that says, I don't want to go down the road of what was, I want to go down the road of what God has. And so we repent. And the third thing, I love it, it says, if my people who are called by my name, not if my son or if my daughter or if my boy who is called by my name, it is not an individual process. It requires communal lifestyle. We have to be together, share our journeys with one another. And guys, first, let me dispel the myth that community is hanging out. Community is not hanging out. It's not going to the birthday parties. It's not going to the the baby showers and the bridal showers and all of those things. That's fun. That's great. But that doesn't bring the impact and the change that community brings. That's not community. What community is, is community is having someone that you are sharing your life with, it's find one person. If you don't have one person, find one person that you can sit down with and you can share every part of your life with. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. And guess what? I've got, I'm going to encourage you this morning. Someone will betray you. Someone will hurt you. Someone will disappoint you. Someone will do all of those things. But it's worth it. It's worth it being able to share your journey with someone, being able to call on someone to say, hey, my marriage is struggling, I need help. And not that they're a listening ear, but they are providing godly wisdom and guidance to the area of your life that you need help with. We cannot cultivate healthy hearts outside of the community of God. We can't do it on our own. It's not gonna happen. And so I would love for us to just take a quick inventory of our hearts and ask yourself, what kind of soil am I trying to produce fruit in? God, has my heart been hardened? Am I numb to what you are doing? God, am I all in my feels? Is this all about how I feel? If I walk out of here and I am upset or sad or hurt, am I walking away? Are the words that you spoke over my life being choked out? Am I allowing my insecurities, my fear, my doubt, am I allowing them to choke out what you have spoken into me? where is my heart? And if you are like me and you fall into any one of those three categories, I just ask you to stand up. And I would like to pray for us. God, we surrender our hearts to you in this moment. You are the one who cultivates soil. You are the one who heals our hearts and we hand them to you in this moment. We repent, God, we turn away from those things that have choked out your word. We turn away from our emotions That don't allow your word to penetrate God and we turn away from the numbness that's been created because we have been trampled on over and over and over again we give it all to you and we ask for a newness God a refreshing of our hearts Lord We pray for healthy soil, Lord. We pray that every word that you speak over us, that it is planted into good ground, that it takes root and that it produces good fruit. Harvests of 30, 60, and for some of us, 100, Lord. And God, if there is anyone in this room who does not know you, who has not had an opportunity to engage with your goodness and your kindness God and now is an opportunity to do that y'all he's so good he's so good he's so good he's so good he won't disappoint you He won't fail you. He won't leave you. He won't. Life is better with him. It's better. It's better. It's so good. It's better. So if you want to make that decision today, we're all going to say this prayer together. And you're invited to join. And just repeat after me. Jesus, today I make the decision choose you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose for me. And today I put my stake in the ground as your son or daughter. (laughs) In Jesus name. Amen. Love you guys.